You are listening to Lighthearted Leadership with Lizette. Welcome to Lighthearted Leadership with Lizette. I'm your host, Dr. Lizette Warner, and I am so happy today. I'm happy because we have Jessica Weiss on the show today. Now, Jessica is a happiness expert. Now, what's a happiness expert, you might wonder? Well, you're going to find out today. Jessica teaches that the happier and more engaged your workforce is, the more your organization will flourish. That leads to increased productivity, efficiency, and your bottom line. Now, if you're an employee struggling with happiness in the workplace, you have come to the right place today. You're going to meet Jessica, and Jessica is going to teach us some tangible tips, techniques, and strategies that you can use. So none of this sort of just happiness talk. You're going to walk away today with some tips and tricks that Jessica has learned from her years of working with numbers of high um, organizations, big organizations like Coca-Cola, Johnson & Johnson, American Express. Jessica spent her most of her career, over 15 years, doing endless research and speaking to thousands of people about happiness. So not only are we going to get into the research today, but you will walk away with some tangible takeaways that you can use in your life. So welcome to today's show. All right. Hey, Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And um, so tell, tell us a little bit about um, about your work. So, you know, the audience knows you're in the happiness area. So, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I am a happiness expert. I have been doing this work for about 15 years. And the way that I came to be a happiness expert, because oftentimes that's not really a career that one has on the vision board, right? <laughs> um, but so how I came to it is I was a management consultant and I worked with you know, big Fortune 500 global brands like Coca-Cola, American Express, Johnson & Johnson, Citibank, all of those very top tier organizations. And the work that I was doing then was we would go in and we would um, do a lot of organizational design and organizational transformation with a focus on innovation, how we can grow, how we can be more creative. And in that work, as you sort of peel back the layers and uncover what's really going on in an organization, it was oftentimes about how how we can do our jobs better, how we can get better at our work. And the essence was often, how can I enjoy my work more? How can I find happiness at work? Because that's really like the fuel that gets you to places that you can't pay for, so to speak, right? So that always became the thing that I was always, always super interested in. And as the years went on, I was like, you know what? This is the stuff that I find the most interesting, finding happiness, finding happiness at work, how we can prove to CEOs and leaders it's worth, why it matters, why it's important, why it actually drives profit. So that's how I came to it. Personal interests and then, um, you know, through my work and through the importance that I saw in the, saw in the workplace. Yeah, that, that's fascinating because you're right. It, people don't necessarily put that on their vision board of like, ooh, I'm going to be a happiness expert. No, for sure not. <laughs> like, you don't even think that that's, that's an option. No, you create your own. 
right? Mm -hmm. Based upon this stuff. You know, I talk a lot about job crafting because mm -hmm. that's kind of an essential component to finding happiness at work. Um, I know this is a little off topic, but it kind of, it, it feeds into the whole thing. But anyway, I talk about job crafting in that in order to find happiness at work, you have to tap into the stuff that you are good at. You have to tap into your talents, the stuff you love. And that was, you know, it's almost, it's, it's difficult to figure that out. It's a challenge to really uncover what is it, the stuff that I love. So so once I was like, oh, this is actually the stuff that I love. This is what I get passionate about. This is what like makes me energetic. This is what I could read, you know, on the weekends when I'm not working and I just want to know more about it just for myself. So that, you know, I did a little bit of my own exercises that I do with my clients. I did it on myself in, you know, not even on, on purpose. And I understand the value of it, of tapping into finding the stuff that you love. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, I love this. So, so what are the, what are the, things that what are those building blocks you started talking about them of of happiness and how people can discover like you said you it took you it took you some time sure. you know you were working in your your industry you were um doing things and then all of a sudden things started to make sense and you started yeah. to apply things to you but you know if somebody is interested like how what are the those building blocks for happiness so there's two separate things that we can look at here, right? We can look at happiness in general and what are the building blocks for happiness and building happiness and what is that? And then there are some specific things around finding happiness at work. So I'm going to hit on both of those because okay. they kind of feed into each other. Um, so the first one is around how do we build happiness, right? And there's definitely going to be overlap on how do we build happiness generally and how do we build happiness in our work? So when we're talking about happiness and everybody has their own definition, but after 15 years of research and talking to thousands of people, this is my definition. Um, I think there's three basic components. I think it boils down to your friends and your relationships. That's the first one. I think the second one is your level of engagement and enthusiasm with your life, right? How excited you are about what you do, who you interact with, what your everyday kind of energy is. And the last one is work, finding happiness at work. And I think that's the one that catches people off guard. But I think work can be a huge source of happiness and contentment and satisfaction if we just do it correctly, right? Mm -hmm. So, so often people are like, I'm going to go to work and then I'm going to be happy, right? I'm going to do what I got to do and then I can actually be happy. But I believe that work can be a huge source of development. So there are certain things that we need out of our jobs, but that is absolutely um, available to everybody. Wow. I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say there's two basic things that you need from your job in order to start to find this kind of happiness at work. It applies to every single job. It doesn't matter what you do, but the, you need these. It's almost like you need these to enter the room. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is you have to feel that your job, that you deserve it, that you earned your job. So it wasn't handed to you on a silver platter. It wasn't given to you arbitrarily. You know, you work in an organization where it's very transparent and clearly communicated why you deserve this job. All the things that you did to earn this job. So that's the first thing you've earned your, you've earned the position. And the second one is you have to feel that you, that in your job, you're doing something for people that they would not otherwise be able to do without you. It can be anything. 
It can be working in retail. It can be selling sunglasses. It can be making pastries. It can be, you know, obviously a doctor solving your disease. But the point is you need to tap into that, figure out what is it that you are doing that this person would not otherwise be able to do for themselves. You're a real estate broker. You're helping people find their dream home. That's going to start to bring you a different level of satisfaction from your job than I'm a real estate broker, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because you're you're more you're invested in that. Exactly. It has meaning. It it does. It has meaning and and you're, you're bringing that joy to somebody else as opposed to, you know, I'm, I'm a real estate broker and I, I sell houses. No, I don't. I create homes for people. Exactly. I help people make their dreams come true. I help them find the perfect place where they can raise a family. I'm the person who creates that for them. I know how to tap into, you know, whatever it is, but that's how people start to derive satisfaction and contentment from their job. So it definitely takes a little bit of work. And this goes into something else that I always say about happiness. You know, people like to say happiness is a choice. You know, if you, if you're happy, if you decide to be happy, you'll be happy. And that's great. If you can be happy doing that, like kudos to you and give me some lessons but i actually need stuff much more tangible like i i need like tools and practical tips on how to build happiness and for me in terms of finding happiness at work understanding what you're doing that's helping somebody else is going to drive your level of satisfaction we step away from the show to tell you about the business coaching and training we offer if you are a coach an entrepreneur a business owner and you're looking to focus on what you need to do to grow your business where you want to be i probably have a program or a solution for you if you're trying to figure out how to close those sales how to negotiate how to price and sell so you can generate passive income give me a call the easiest way to do that is to reach out to me via my website lizettewarner.com or directly via LinkedIn. I'd love to set up a time to chat with you. Let's get back to the show. There's also a level of, of in, intentionality of choices of, of things that people can do. So what are some of those things? If Because man, I'm thinking you, you must have been busy like with COVID and with this whole um, resignation things quiet quitting yeah the quiet all of this stuff right you great reshuffle every every name you can imagine right every name that you can imagine so you must be just in super high demand but what are some of those things that people people can do and, and bring into their world if they're in a position if they know right now man i'm just i'm not happy yeah um and I'm not, I'm not feeling it. How do, how do I get there if I'm yeah. not there? Yeah. I'm feeling stuck. Like, what do I do? Yeah. This is not it. I'm not motivated and, and I can't figure out what to do. Okay. So the first thing, this goes back to what we, we spoke about a little bit earlier. So the first thing is really understanding what you're good at. So I feel like so much of what we do in corporate America and even in the education system, we always are focusing on areas of improvement, areas of improvement, areas of opportunity, right? Always the places where we can better ourselves, which is there, there you know, there's validity to that 100%. But let's Let's not forget the other side of that coin, right? The other side of that coin is all the stuff you are great at, all the stuff that you are talented at. So if you are spending your time focusing on fixing 
fixing all of the things, all of your perceived weaknesses, instead of spending time on the stuff that you love, that gives you energy, that you're great at, that you'll get wonderful feedback around. So that's the first thing. You need to do the stuff that you are good at every single day. And that might take a little bit of an investigation, right? That might take a little bit of time to understand what is the stuff that I'm good at. And there are certain questions that you can ask yourself and prompt it. You know, you'll start to understand, you can kind of look at your day and say, where did I get energy, right? Where, where was I feeling motivated? Now, if there's nothing, there's nothing, but that can't be every single day. There are certainly things that give you energy. And here's the other thing. If they're not happening at work, which could very well be the case, tap into those things outside of work that are making you happy. And let's see how we can see what that talent is and bring it into the workplace. It might take a little bit of construction. Like that's the truth. People don't just fall into jobs that they love. You create a job that you love, right? That's really, so this is about job crafting and finding your strengths. So that's the first thing I would say that you need to do. Yeah. And then um, it's not, it's not only job crafting, it's also the life crafting, right? When you, when you, and and you said it here so beautifully that it, it's that first finding the things that you're good at, the things that bring you energy. I, I talked about this energy efficiency zone that we can get in. I talked about this in my book, the power poison presence is energy efficient zone where everything is effortless, but that is the zone where you're, you are doing what you're really good at. But sometimes, and oftentimes people don't know what those things are, or if they're just starting off in the workplace, you know, I, I don't know necessarily yeah. what that is. And, and yeah. for me, oftentimes I tell them then it's about similar to what, how you started. It's about getting those experiences and collect those experiences. Cause that is how, that's, what's going to tell you as you, as you grow in this area. Yeah, I often say to people when they say to me, I, I don't know, I, I have no idea. And, and that's fine. I get it because we like, you know, whether you're just starting your career and you genuinely don't know because you're in a whole new world or you've been working for decades and you just kind of are an automaton and going through, you know, you've kind of lost touch with it. I say the first thing to do is what's the stuff that's really easy, that comes easy to you? What's easy for you to do? Let's look at that. Let's unpack that. And the second place I say to go is what makes you curious? Like what's, oh, that's kind of interesting. It doesn't have to be like, it's not groundbreaking, huge curiosity. We spared small, right? Progress over perfection. Um, but what's the stuff you're curious about? What's the stuff that's interesting to you? And then we start to dig and you can start to get somewhere. But it definitely takes intention. Like this is not stuff that happens by accident. And that's what I was saying before when I was saying happiness is a choice. Not really. It's not stuff that happens by accident. It actually takes work. It actually takes practice. There's stuff that we know from science that works that you need to do. You need to train your brain and then you get happier. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Um, what, so I know we already started on the, the sort of the road to happiness and how do you get it? But for those companies that you worked for, and you, you know, you found that happiness was such a integral part of what makes effective organizations. I'm curious to find out what are some of the benefits of happiness? I mean, yeah. maybe we all think of like, okay, well, you know, you're, you're happy. Yeah. And what, 
and that leads to all sorts of good stuff, right? Exactly. But, but what what really are the benefits? Yeah, yeah. What well, that, that's there? a great question. Exactly. There is actual um, data behind it. So that's a great question. Um, and and it's often, you know, when I go into clients and they're like, why should I care about this? Like, we're interested in profits. Like, don't, you know, stop, stop bothering me with happiness. Like, we've got real stuff to do. And the truth of the matter is this is where the real stuff starts, right? If you have happiness at work, and we can call it a million different things, employee engagement, mental um, mental well-being, right? Whatever it is, happiness at work is where it starts. Okay, so you're asking me statistics and I will give you statistics. So this is what, so um, employees who are, you know, whether you're on an engagement survey or whatever it is, how, however we decide that we're gonna um, collect this data, you are 13% more productive. There are two times less turnover. So therefore you have two times increased retention. People are more likely to recommend your organization to other people. You have fewer sick days, less waste. There was a brilliant study that just came out of the University of Oxford that said um, organizations that are like labeled best place to work you know, according to Indeed, they interviewed millions of people. Oxford found that those organizations outperformed in the stock market, the S&P 500 by 30%. So like some like crazy, so if you invest $1,000 into the S&P 500, this is not my area of expertise, but listen, you know, I, meaning I'm not the expert on investing in the S&P 500, but I do know that this works. So if you invest $1,000 into the S&P 500 and you would invest the same $1,000 into a collection of organizations that are the best places to work, that value um, happiness, and mental well-being, you have a 30% higher return on your shareholder value. So this all trickles down to the bottom line. And it's not surprising, right? Because people are working harder, they're more engaged, they enjoy their work. So it all makes sense. And it all filters down actually to dollars and cents at the end of the day. Yeah, it, it does. It trickles down to, to dollars and cents for the stakeholders, Yes. Um, for the investors, right? Yes. For the employees, for the company, because you're retaining it, it costs an enormous amount of money exactly. to onboard somebody brand new, like find somebody for that post exactly. as opposed to just keep the people that you have and, exactly. and that they're happy, right? And wow. it trickles down to the consumer because they're getting better service, better product, you know, so everybody is benefiting. Yeah, everybody wins in this yeah. case. And I'm sure like innovation goes up as well. 100% creativity, yeah. you become a better problem solver, creativity, collaboration, all of that is increased. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, fantastic. Um, so huge benefits, huge benefits for, for everyone. But like you said, a lot of times that's not, that's not the forefront on companies' minds or even employees. A lot of times we look at the, at the negative sort of at the negative space. And maybe that's how, that's how you came into some of these organizations. And then yeah. you found the shortcut to, Hey, this is how we, this is actually how you do it. If you want to yeah. have happier stakeholders, happier employees and get that better engagement, this is exactly how you do it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
that's exactly right. And there are certain things that people can do. There's like things that individuals can do to drive their own happiness, even if you're working in an organization where it's not valued, that you're up against a brick wall and they're like, please, we have no patience for this. I have customers and whatever it is. There are things that you can do as an individual to drive your own happiness. Now, if you're lucky enough to work at an, or at an organization that values this and understands the worth of it, then there's things that happen on a larger structural level that can be felt throughout the organization. But there's certainly stuff you can do on an individual basis. You can start by tapping into your strengths. The other thing is, um, in order, they, they research has found that in order to take a, like, in order to have a great day at work, one of the key components to having a great day at work is to have a sense of progress, right? You need to feel that you're working towards something. Now, you can't create this huge goal that's unattainable. So how do we feel like we're working towards something? We break it down into small chunks. We have small wins. Small wins will allow you to have that feeling, that sense of purpose, that sense of accomplishment. That's another one. Um, you know, and then there's a bunch of things that start to become very individual, things that are important to you. So like, for example, I'm someone who writes a lot for part of my work. And in order for me to write, I need to be really focused. I can't be answering emails and then having the phone ring and then, you know, it's just not. so I need to design my day, right? I need to have a period of time where I can do deep work, half hour, 60 minutes, whatever it is. But I have to block it off on my schedule. And when I do, I have a better day. And when I don't, I'm like, what on earth did I do today? You know, so a lot of this stuff is by design. And a lot, you know, I always say it's like a happiness smorgasbord. You take what you want and you leave what you don't want. Yeah. And I imagine when you find your, the things that work for you, right? Yeah. You're, you show up better as you along yep. with the happiness like that you the happiness then becomes sort of a, a byproduct yeah of, exactly right of, that you've designed your day in the right way well you know um sean aker who's like a harvard professor and talks all about happiness he's one of the sort of smartest voices in the space um said you know oftentimes we think success drives happiness but the truth is happiness drives the success once you feel happy you get the success it's not the success that brings you happiness which i think is what you're you're hitting on right yeah the yeah. success becomes the byproduct of the mm -hmm. feeling happy isn't that interesting yeah. Isn't, isn't that interesting that, that exactly what you just said here, that it is sometimes we're chasing the wrong thing. hundred percent. Right. There's, within this space, in the science of happiness, we are so often doing the wrong thing. We are doing it all backwards, but the success one is huge, right? We all think like the title, the salary, the promotion, the big house, the fancy car, all that, that's going to be the stuff that's going to make us happy. No big things never 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 it's really it's the basic building blocks of happiness because those big things what winds up happening is first of all the ha you do get a bit of happiness mm -hmm. from it right there is a bit of, of a sense of accomplishment um it's fleeting though it's like a saccharine high right it, you just yeah. it, you go through it in no time at all mm -hmm. so that's unfortunately that's not the way to it i wish it was but it's not yeah, because it, it normalizes, right? It, it's you exactly have this, like this, like you call it the, you know, the saccharine injection, you, you get this huge high is like, Oh, that's great. But then you normalize to it. And of course, and then, and then you're back kind of where you started. 
Yeah, you're just your baseline has now gotten higher and now you just need to to up the baseline again. Yeah, it uh -huh. becomes a constant, you know, it's like a um a, a treadmill. They call it the hedonic treadmill. You're constantly yeah. feeding the hedonism of the treadmill. Yeah, but you're never actually getting there, right? Nope. And and that's why you're on this, you know, this treadmill. You're just constantly uh constantly turning, but you're never really getting there. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, Jessica, you've done a number of things throughout your career. You've you've done a TEDx talk as well, and you work with large companies and and individuals. You work like all through the gamut. I guess what is what's the biggest what's the biggest thing that keeps coming up to the forefront when you're working, like even when you did the TEDx talk or, or yeah. when you're working with people, what's the, the thing that keeps coming up in, in that your happiness work? So what I have found the most important driver of happiness, whether it's work happiness, personal happiness, whatever it is, and this comes up all, all over the place is our social connections are the things that drive our happiness. So we need to be fostering social connections in every single way possible. So when, you know, the thing is at work, you feel like you're there to do your job, you get it in, you get it out and you go, no, the point is you need to foster connections at work. You need friends at work because having a friend at work makes you enjoy your work more. Well, like it's almost the antidote to the Sunday scaries, right? Because uh -huh. if you know that you're going into work the next day, even if it's virtual, right? If you know the next day you're gonna see so-and-so, Joan, who you love, right? She's great. You're like a little bit more excited to come to work as opposed to seeing people who you feel don't see you, don't understand you. So fostering friendships is the key to workplace happiness and outside of workplace happiness, all around happiness. So that is the biggest thing. And I think that organizations are now starting to understand that the future of work is actually tapping into this idea that they need to facilitate connections, nurture friendships in the workplace. It, you know, I think that people think it was a distraction of some kind. And the truth is it's not, it's a driver of productivity. So that's the number one thing. Oh, wow. And that's yeah. really interesting because as you're talking about that, you know, I was thinking back to my childhood when I was going to school, I would all, I it didn't have the Sunday scaries, right? I was so excited to go into right. school because I was going to go see my friends. Exactly. And I missed them for a few days. So I'm, I'm wondering, you know, now with so much hybrid work and yeah. remote work and people really wanting to, to be that away from the workplace, yeah. you know, in order that they get their work done. Cause you find, you know, a lot of times, Hey, I can work, I can get my stuff done quicker yeah. without having so many interruptions. So how do we foster happiness in those particular situations where yeah. you're, you're not in the workplace or you're hybrid? Yeah. And it's, look, it's a challenge. Like, let's be honest, but it's mm -hmm. absolutely a challenge because so much of workplace friendship happens because you see the same people every day and you get a cup of coffee and they're getting a cup of coffee and you know and or they sit next to you so whatever it is so much of workplace friendship happens because of just the proximity of it so it's not that it's impossible it's just different now right so it's different 
it requires intentionality. It requires being deliberate about it. Um, and it's, it can't solely fall to um, the responsibility of the individual. Organizations need to participate and foster these connections. So if you work in a hybrid situation, you know, hybrid is, is much more doable than a totally remote situation. But if you work in a hybrid situation, it, it needs some organization. It can't be haphazard, right? We all have to be coming into work to do particular kind of work. I like to say collaborative work, creative work, right? We all have to be there with the intention that we're getting something accomplished, that we're working towards something. So that it can't be that you come Tuesday, I come Friday, and she comes Thursday. Like we've got to start to have a plan about this. It's not that, you know, we can't do this the way that we did remote work in 2020, right? 2020 happened and we all were just like, whoa, right? And we just kind of kept working the way we always worked, but we did it on the computer and it was just weird, but we just kind of like, you know, it's like putting a, a square peg in a round hole. It doesn't work. And now we have the place where we realize that a certain amount of flexibility actually brings people more happiness, right? Uh -huh. Not having to commute brings people more happiness. Yeah. But we don't have to put a circle in a square peg. We could actually design this and make it work. So that's the first thing I would say. When you're actually in the office, let's have work that is collaborative, creative, team oriented, right? Let's 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 really get juice from the orange when we're all there. That would be the first thing I would say. The second thing I say is um, organizations need to facilitate these kinds of connections. So there needs to be events. There needs to be outings. There needs to be retreats. There needs to be places for people to connect. It doesn't have to happen once a month. It can happen twice a year. That actually is probably enough to fuel people to feel like, oh, I saw Jimmy at that party. We hung out, we chatted at dinner. And now when I see Jimmy on Zoom, I ask about his kids. And you know, and then when I see Jimmy again, it's you know, it gets all, you know, reamped. So mm -hmm. This is stuff that has to be designed. It's a little bit more difficult. It's not going to happen by happenstance, but it can absolutely still happen. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, Jessica, I'm wondering when people are interested to find out more about happiness and what they can do for their own, their own happiness, let's say we, even within their families um, or even for their careers, how can they find out more? How can they get more information or how might they work with you to learn more? So what I do, I mean, I work in every way possible that you can imagine. So I facilitate workshops. Um, I do group training. I do um, coaching. I do team coaching. So for me that, you know, that there's the various, so we could work one-on-one. -on -one. I can come in and work with a team in an organization, or I can do a training for an organization. And then the one that I love to do, and I probably do the most is I come in and I give a talk to an organization. And those talks can always be tailored and customized to whatever the needs are of that particular organization. But that's how I say I like to spread the gospel. <laughs> we could do it one on one, we could do it two on one, we could do it in a huge group, but I do it in every way possible. Yeah. And then what when when people work with you, Jessica, what is it that they're taking away? What is some of your clients take away after working with you? So, so often people come to me, a lot of my coaching clients are feeling stuck, just like you said, or feeling very unmotivated, right? Just kind of like not understanding why, having a hard time getting up and don't really know how to fix it, right? So 
what we do when we work together is understand a the shift in perspective um the other thing that people walk away with is this idea of possibility that happiness is actually possible for everybody it's not something that just some people have and other people don't have but we got to do things to get there so we talk about the things you know that we go through the menu and then we start to incorporate and as a coach i'm a huge accountability partner right i like to keep people on track and a big thing i always say is progress over perfection so we try lots of stuff um but we really tap into what brings you joy what brings you satisfaction and as a result that happiness drives the success at work so it all kind of feeds one another and to be a truth be told oftentimes with my coaching clients you know you can't get all your happiness from work right Mm -hmm. you can get a certain amount of happiness from work but let's talk about how we can actually derive happiness outside of work too yeah yeah so oftentimes you know i can see people sort of looking um talking about a restaurant, you know, looking through the window and going, Oh, wow, they're so happy or they're, you know, they've got everything going on. And yeah, yeah, not for me. But it's, it's beautiful to see that you can, you can work with people to get them to see those possibilities to see, and to build those skills and to have that accountability so that they can get out of that well, exactly. I think that what's really comforting to people is that there's stuff that they can do. Like, it's not just, oh, I need to think about being happy. No, we're going to actually do things that are going to make you happier. I'm not going to have you wishing and hoping and dreaming. We're going to do stuff that's going to drive the happiness. And I think that that's really comforting to people when let's not even talk about feeling um, depressed or sad, just like apathetic, like just, meh, you know what I mean? Just that I'm bored. You know, how do I get out of this? I, that I feel like so many of us have at different different points in our lives. So I think it's really comforting when like, I'm like, okay, we're going to do this and we're doing this. So that's, what's nice. I love it. Yeah. Thank you, Jessica. Um, it's been a pleasure and my honor to have you here on lighthearted leadership. Uh, if people are interested to work with you, we'll definitely include, check out the show notes because we'll have all of the links so that you can book Jessica to come speak at your organization or come book her so she can lead your group or your team into a happiness workshop and unleash some productivity and increase the bottom line, the stakeholders, shareholders. I, I bet, you know, companies are super happy after, uh, after they work with, like, not only are they happy, but their bottom line increases. Yes, exactly. Too. Exactly. <laughs> Which ultimately drives some of their happiness. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. And people can find everything about me on my website. So if you go to jessicaweiss.com, that will get you everywhere that you need to go. So whether you want to see some silly TikTok video that I am attempting to do, or or you want to send me an email, it's all there. Or you could go to my LinkedIn or whatever it is. So yes, everything lives on jessicaweiss.com. Yes. And connect with Jessica on LinkedIn. She's hysterical. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, w- I always get some good tips from you, Jessica. I love, I love. Oh, good. I'm glad. That's how we met, right? It's, yes, it, it is. It, it is. We met on LinkedIn. So Absolutely. it works, Listen, folks. <laughs> there's some advantages to social media. You know, we uh-huh. all roll our eyes, but there is, there are, there are some good things. There are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're in New York. I'm, I'm not. And somehow we connected, right? And you're, exactly. you're here on the show. So I want to thank you for, uh, for being here today. And is there anything, Jessica, that I left out that you'd love to leave with our listeners? 
Uh, the only thing is uh, I have my TEDx is on YouTube. So if people want to, I know that you said you're going to link it in the show notes. So the title of the talk is Happiness. It's an inside job. It's a quick like 12 minute speech so um but it gives really tangible tips and tricks so if you want to just get a little quick dose of happiness i suggest people tap into that right thank you and thank you jessica for joining us on the show thank you thank you for having me lizette i appreciate it this was so much fun yeah absolutely thank you for listening make sure you subscribe to the show you have been listening to lighthearted leadership with lizette Life is a winding road No telling where it goes Driving through days and nights Won't stop for traffic lights And I I really wanna know, really wanna know If I Let figure out where the road goes
and we'll get back to the show in just a minute. I want to share with you Woven Earth. Woven Earth is created to help you fall asleep easier and stay asleep longer with a time-released capsule. So I've been using Woven Earth and it's been helping me sleep. You know, you get to a certain age and sleep can be elusive. Grab Woven Earth, the promo codes in the show notes, grab Woven, Woven Earth and get a better night's sleep. All right, back to the show. <laughs> 